0: Good evening, and welcome to the meeting of the Merrimack School Board this Monday evening, January 24th, 2011. Would you all please rise and join me in the Pledge of Allegiance? thank you Um, before continuing with the meeting this night I am going to ask uh, the school board and those in attendance to um, honor the memory of past Merrimack Bedford superintendent Claude Levitt with a moment of silence this evening. But before we do that, I thought um, a little bit of information and some history might be valuable for um, especially the new members who might not have had the great pleasure of meeting Mr. Levitt. So Marge is prepared to say a few words. Thank you.
1: So what I need to tell you is that uh, Claude H. Levitt was the superintendent of Merrimack and other districts in addition to Bedford from 1964 to 1988, and anyone that serves as a superintendent for 24 years running, it is a major accomplishment. But I think even more importantly is that there are superintendents currently in practice uh, as well as past superintendents for whom he mentored. 12, to be exact, which is, again, very laudable to think that he uh, brought all of these people along. He was a founding member of Suresk. He was a founding member of the New Hampshire School Board's Insurance Trust. He was a president of the New Hampshire School Administrators Association, the New Hampshire Interscholastic Athletic Association, because he was an athlete. And if you sum it all up, he spent 37 years as an educator, teacher, principal, assistant superintendent, and superintendent. Um, I call him my mentor, and um, I, I'm just thrilled that um, he served here and that we had the opportunity to be in his company.
0: Thank you, Marge. This is a, a, a great loss for Marge, and it's a great loss for uh, merrimack and for other school districts as well i had the distinct honor of meeting him on several occasions he would come back to visit merrimack often he and his extremely charming beautiful wife and he's going to be greatly greatly missed so if you would all please join me in a moment of silence to honor mr claude levitt thank you we will now move on to item number two on our agenda the approval of the January 3rd 2011 minutes do I have a motion made by Shannon is there a second by Roy any corrections or clarifications Shannon
2: Um, we'll start on the first page and it's kind of a thematic question Um, if you look at uh, under Vice Chairman Thornton requested the following Corrections that in some area the areas the board is referenced in lowercase and some in uppercase. So whichever is the proper way, if we could just reference it consistently. And then again, stylistically, when you're talking about board members, at the top of the page who's present shows us capitalized and, again, and throughout it's the board member is lowercase. So just one way throughout the document. And then page three, Um, same with chair and chairman. Um, it's being toggled. So if you look, uh, paragraphs 3, 13, and 15 on that page have chair, but in other areas it's chairman for Valencourt. So it's more just stylistic consistencies. And let's
0: see.
2: So make sure that, and that is it.
0: Any other corrections or clarifications, Chris?
3: Just one. Uh, the bottom of page three, the last uh, paragraph, um, the word "review" should be "reviewed." Past tense. And that's really all I all I had.
0: Thank you. Anything else? I just have a clarification on page three of five. I. I reading the minutes I wasn't positive I actually went back and watched that part of the meeting to double check to make sure I understood what it was I was saying at the time so if we go about halfway down the page where it starts chairman Valancourt clarified um, the second <coughs> sentence so she stated past practice of previous boards has been not to spend the extra surplus money from a default budget that's really not accurately what I said um, it was more along the lines of um, has not been past practice has not been to spend the extra surplus money added into the operating budget at a deliberative session specifically and then the next sentence she stated that legally the board could spend surplus money if the operating budget failed and the default budget became operational but would like to believe that the board wouldn't so that um, and I did go back and watch the meeting to make sure that I had that um, accurately reflected Um, Page four of five, under the second uh, paragraph, could we just have, I think, Chris, when it says board member Ortega asked, I believe you asked specifically of 200,000. Do you remember if it was a specific dollar amount that we were discussing when you asked that question?
3: We were uh, trying to settle on a specific dollar amount. I think the the question that I was asking was essentially, does, are we required to set aside any amount of money? And if so, is there a specific amount uh, that's required? And I think the answer was that there, there's no, no down payment necessarily okay. required, right?
0: So if we could just have a little bit more added to that sentence to make it clear, that would be great. And then under number five, the uh, school district budget committee meeting schedule, it states that Superintendent Chaffery um, identified the first budget committee meeting date. If we could just indicate in that sentence that she also basically read through the list because that was um, an important point that was made in the recent Budget Committee meeting that the school board was in fact um, advertising the meeting dates that were set for the Budget Committee meeting. So that would be important to include in my opinion. And that is it for me. Any other corrections or clarifications? Seeing none, we'll put the motion to a vote. All those in favor of approving the January 3rd, 2011 minutes as amended, please signify by saying aye. Aye. Passes 5-0-0. item number three public participation this is an opportunity for members of the public to come forward and speak to the school board regarding issues pertaining to school district business do we have anyone wishing to speak well you just come up to the mic and I know who you are but for the record if you would please state your name and your address and then go ahead and tell us what's on your mind it's good to see you Pat Merchant, 118 Babuzik Lake Road, Merrimack, New Hampshire and I have two questions.
4: The first one really concerned me, well actually both of them concerned me because I have a daughter in the school district. I would like to know how the decision was made the day of the bomb scare to leave the kids in the building. I have heard that. It was so cold and the teachers could identify strange objects in their classrooms faster and if they put the kids outside they would have been out there for over an hour. I understand it's cold. We have a complex down the street that I can't see why the kids couldn't have been walked down there. So I'd like to know how that policy was or how it's determined (coughs) to leave the kids in the building. I know when it happened at the Upper L They dismissed the kids and moved them over to the lower elementary school. Number two, I have a big concern with the buses. My daughter asks for a ride every day because she wants to be to school on time. She's getting here two minutes before that bell rings. There's something going on. Her bus broke down. She had to sit at the tennis courts on that bus for 20 minutes waiting for another bus driver to finish her run to come back and pick them up. That's a concern. My concern is as a parent. Yes, she's in high school. I had no knowledge where my child was. Why haven't I been notified that the bus is breaking down? I know for a fact today there were 20 buses that didn't start. Had I not been home to give my child a ride to school My daughter would have been standing out there waiting for the bus because we had not been notified that her bus wasn't coming. Those are just two concerns that I have. I mean, I've never had a problem with the school district before. I've had a son that went through the whole system. Awesome. I don't have issues with any of the teachers. We have a great system, educational support system in in the school district. But I'm very concerned when my child knows there's a bomb scare and she's left in the building and these buses are breaking down. I know a parent that has been on two field trips, two different children, two different days. The bus broke down both times. One of the bus drivers was told, oh, we'll just turn off the bus and turn it back on. It'll recycle itself. So I just, those are my concerns.
0: What- what you're doing here is you're asking the school board a question and typically during public participation we don't get into questions and answers with people when they come forward honestly what you're asking is not something that the board would address anyway so I am going to have I know I'm pretty confident your phone number is on record with the superintendent's office but if you would be so kind as to call the superintendent's office in the morning 424-6200 questions you're asking need to be answered by our administration so I'm going to have you um, speak to the proper administrators in the morning if you could call and just make sure that you touch base with somebody okay and then we'll um, get your questions answered okay Jody. all right thank you any other public participation this evening Seeing none, we'll close public participation. Item number four, consent agenda. Mark.
5: Thank you. Uh, I have tonight uh, for the board's consideration the following teacher nomination. Amanda Spadafora, uh, health teacher at
6: Merrimack Middle School. Thank you.
0: Is there a motion? Roy?
6: I move to accept the consent agenda.
0: Seconded by Chris. Put the motion to a vote. All those in favor? of the motion please signify by saying aye passes five zero zero. item number 5 response to draft warrant articles for the 2011 warrant Matt I'm gonna let you take the floor okay sure.
7: thank you um, in your packet you have a draft of the new warrant articles um, we revised article number 3 the teachers contract uh, it's the Sheet of paper with uh, a cover letter from me to you. Um, Basically, what we're looking at is we had talked to, uh, well, let me go back. At the last board meeting we had and when we reviewed these, there was some conversation about kind of the complexity of the article, having to uh, reduce the operating budget by the amount of the health savings. We wanted to reflect that, but it was impacting the budget warrant article at the end we wanted to show all these things and try and make it really clear to to everybody and just because we had phrased the Warren article like this in the past doesn't mean we can't look at it again and see what we can do for the future We've got some. We got a recommendation from the Department of Revenue Administration. Uh, They have weekly meetings, and they took it upon themselves to take up our cause and their roundtable meetings that they have because it was such an interesting Warren article that they all wanted to discuss it as a group. So they gave us some uh, wording, which in turn uh, we uh, transferred over to Gene Van Loan, our legal counsel, who took that wording and kind of morphed it into what you see here today. So we think it's fairly representative of how you want to portray the Warren article, perhaps, and to show the amount of the uh, health insurance savings also, because that's very significant, and we want to hang on to that and display it to the voters. So in Article 3, I don't know if you would like me to read that one here again, or just...
0: Were we going to be um, voting on all of these tonight? So we've got to read. We've got to read through them anyway, Matt. So okay. instead of reading through it twice, why don't I ask? Because everyone's had this in their packet. So why don't I ask if anyone's got any questions regarding the changes? Um, Matt shared the changes, the recommendation from the DRA with Roy and I, since we were the negotiators on the contract, to see if we thought it was clear ahead of time. And I think Roy and I were both pretty pleased with the new wording. Um, i think it is a little bit clearer and it makes the point that we were hoping to make but still we're following our legal responsibilities so if no one has any questions um and then there if you field note there was a change to article six as well it was just a correction to a number which is highlighted in yellow so if anyone um has any questions and Do we want to let Matt read through each one and then we'll take a formal vote, Mark? That's what I was going to say. I think
1: it probably would be good just for um, our public, for you to go one by one. We'll take the vote for each one and then we'll have it duly recorded.
0: Okay. So we'll have Matt read each article and then I will entertain motions and we'll take a formal vote on each one. Okay? So Matt, go ahead. Thank Thank you. you.
7: Um, We'll start off with the first article that the board has to act on tonight, uh, article two. Shall the Merrimack School Board be authorized to accept on behalf of the district, without further action by the voters, gifts, legacies, and devices of personal or real property which may become available to the district during the fiscal year? All these are are, uh, ended with a question mark, even though my my voice didn't go up in the end. There's a question mark there, just so everybody knows. Um, That's the first article that we're talking about.
0: Is there a motion? Chris?
3: I move that we recommend Article Two.
0: Second by Roy. Any further discussion? Put the motion to a vote to recommend Article Two as written. All those in favor, please signify by saying aye. Passes five zero zero. Okay thank you number three Matt
7: warrant article three special warrant article Uh, shall the district vote to approve the cost items included in the collective bargaining agreement reached between the Merrimack School Board and the Merrimack Teachers Association which calls for the following increases in salaries and benefits 2011-2012 $630,656 2011 2012 $630,656 and 2012 2013 $647,041 and raise and appropriate the sum of $180,656 for the 2011 2012 fiscal year, such sum representing the 2011 2012 net cost attributable to, one, the increase in salaries and benefits described above over those of the 2010-2011 fiscal year, and two, a savings of $450,000 to be realized by the district due to an increase in the negotiated contribution level by the Merrimack Teachers (coughs) Association towards the cost of their health insurance and other changes in the health plan design
0: is there a motion Roy
6: I'd like to move that we recommend article 3 as written
0: is there a second Jennifer any further discussion put the motion to a vote all those in favor of recommending article 3 please signify by saying aye Passes five zero zero. I just want to put it very, very simply for anybody following along tonight what this article means in dollars and cents. So year 2000, this is a two-year contract that we're discussing, year 2011-2012. The estimated increase in the cost is $630,656, but we are going to be subtracting the $450,000 savings realized by the school district, due to an increase in the negotiated contribution level by the Merrimack Teachers Association toward the cost of their health insurance and other changes in health plan design. So that's 630,000 minus 450,000. So the dollar amount that we will be appropriating is 180,656 in simple terms. And we will continually um, get that message out there and repeat it over and over again so that we make sure that our message is clear to people out there. I have no problem doing that. So move on to Article 4, yeah. Matt. Thank you.
7: Thank you. Article 4 uh, shall the district, if Article 3 is defeated, authorize the school board to call one special meeting at its option. To address article 3 cost items only
0: is there a motion Shannon
2: I move to accept article 4 as presented
0: Chris you second any further discussion <clears throat> all those in favor of moving article 4 forward as written please signify by saying aye passes five zero zero. number 5 Matt
7: article 5 special warrant article Shall the district establish a capital reserve fund under the provisions of RSA colon 35.1 to be known as the Special Services and Central Office Consolidation Fund for the purpose of construction and original equipping of a new central office and to raise and appropriate an amount up to $200,000 or 20% of the unencumbered surplus funds Remaining at the end of the fiscal year 2010-2011, whichever amount is less, and to transfer that amount to said
6: fund.
0: Do I have a motion? Roy?
6: I move that we um, recommend Article 5 as written.
0: Is there a second? Jennifer? Any further discussion? All those in favor of recommending Article 5 be moved forward as written, please signify by saying aye passes five zero zero. also for anyone following along to clarify it is this board's intent to um, basically ask the voters to speak on whether they are willing to put money in a capital reserve fund for the budget year 2000 the end of budget year 2010-11 and again the end of budget year 2011-2012 Prior to um, putting the construction of any building on the warrant article the following year so that's the intent of the school board that was the discussion that we had at our public meeting number six please Matt
7: yeah article six shall the district raise and appropriate as an operating budget not including appropriations by special warrant articles and other appropriations voted separately the amount set forth on the budget posted with the warrant or as amended by the vote of the first session for the purposes set forth therein totaling $65,340,419. Should this article be defeated the operating budget shall be $65,721,640 which is the same as last year with certain adjustments required by previous action of the district or by law or the governing body may hold one special meeting in accordance with rsa 40 13 10 and 6 to take up 16 i'm sorry to take up the issue of a revised
6: operating budget only
0: is there a motion roy
6: i move that we recommend article 6 as written
0: second by shannon any further discussion yeah. roy
6: just a a comment for those who might be wondering at this early date before the deliberative session if you take all of the cost items on the warrant this year which is uh, basically the budget and the collective bargaining agreement and uh, compare it to last year when we had the budget and the roofing project and a different collective bargaining agreement the total increase from last year to this year is 0.76 percent
0: Thank you, Roy. Any further discussion? Put the motion to a vote. All those in favor of moving Article 6 forward as written, please signify by saying aye. Passes five zero zero. I would like to also call everyone's attention to the date of the school district deliberative session. It is going to be held this year, Monday, March 7th, 2011, at 7 p.m., at the James Mastricola Upper Elementary School. Anything else you think we need to add regarding the warrant deliberative session? Voting this year is Tuesday, April 12th, 2011. I just had a quick comment when we're talking about our warrant article and we're talking about um, contract negotiations and salaries. I just wanted to state um, at a recent town council budget meeting it was um, very unfortunate but I heard the town manager make what I consider to be an unprofessional and um, ill-informed comment regarding salary increases pertaining to school district administration and um, I believe some the information while partly correct is not um, all of the information that a person might need so I encourage anyone who saw the meeting and has any questions or concerns at all to feel free to contact me anytime give me a call write me an email or if you're not comfortable contacting me please feel free to contact any one of the board members here we have all the information and we have all the facts and my mantra every year around budget time election cycle again is um, you're entitled to your own opinion It can be different than mine, but you're not entitled to your own facts. The facts are the facts. And if you're interested in getting real data and real um, actual factual information, feel free to contact one of us. So thank you. Any further discussion regarding item number five on our agenda this evening? Moving on to item six, summary of professional development activities on January 14th, 2011. Mark?
5: Thank you, Jody. Uh, well, I just would like to provide the board with uh, a, a summary of uh, all of the different activities uh, on Friday, January 14th, our uh, half professional development day. It was a, a very full and busy day around our district. Um, our, As you know, our collaborative assessment project, every time I have a chance to talk about it, I, I take that opportunity. It's been a, a, a tremendous uh, learning experience for our teachers, and most importantly, it has produced, I think, great results for our students. The um, next step along the continuum of the collaborative assessment project is uh, our ability—that—that that is, teachers and administrators' ability—to assess our own progress and and make decisions about our uh, professional development and ongoing work based upon data that we collect ourselves. We uh, so the. Uh, January 14th Professional Development Day with our K-6 teachers was aimed at uh, instructing our teachers and our administrative staff on how to do that. And so um, in a nutshell what that is involves something called data sweeps where we learn how to uh, be able to assess how we're doing on a a particular topic. This particular uh, day was aimed at student engagement but we could name a, a lot of things and we learn how to conduct data sweeps that allow us to um, develop a profile of a school, not an individual classroom or a teacher, but a school, and then based upon that make determinations about where we are successful and where we need to continue to grow and that has uh, implications for professional development in the future, but it's data driven. And so this was the rollout of that. Uh, There'll be a follow-up to that in March at our professional development day in March, and ongoing so that's a that's a a very exciting prospect because it allows us to make our own uh, use data that we collect and we evaluate uh, that allows us to make decisions about going forward that was a very successful uh, rollout Uh, for uh, grades 7 and 8 at the middle school I think you've heard me say a number of times that um, uh, Debbie Wolfline and Adam Carriger have been working very hard with the staff and the instructional leaders at the middle school to continue their uh, standards work the same work that was begun five years ago at the elementary schools is now moving progressing along its own continuum and it's now including the middle school so it's a variation on a theme so the theme now is standards work at the middle school the other piece that's been uh, very I think um, powerful at the middle school is the work that has been done by Debbie and Adam and uh, and other folks to support the instructional leaders to take a role at the site level in supporting Debbie and Adam as they move forward together as a team to build the standards uh, initiative at the middle school so a lot of effort has been put into supporting the development of instructional leaders there and that work began last summer and it now continues so one of the things that we're very proud of is that we have uh, I think you often hear The superintendent talked about staying the course and I think there's a consistency and when I've presented to the board before I've talked about similar things and and we are unwavering in our focus and I think that's good for teachers and it's good for students and and I think it's good for the community to know that we have a a plan and we're staying very focused on that plan and that includes um, uh, supporting instructional leaders and and Debbie and Adam as they work with the staff on on uh, standards Uh, at the high school 9 through 12 Um, As you are aware, for the last year and a half or or so, or perhaps even two years, a lot of work has been done by the administrative team and teachers around the development of competencies. Um, The next step in that process is the development of competency-based assessments. That is, uh, for anyone who has dabbled in that, an incredibly complicated, uh, not at all self-evident thing to figure out. so uh, one of the things that I give great credit to the administration and the teachers uh, for is a realization that at this point we need to review the competencies, make sure that they are um, measuring the kinds of things that we intend to measure, and that we're very careful and very deliberate about equating student progress on competencies to any kind of reporting mechanism. And I think that uh, the, the watchword here is um, Slow, not painfully slow, but appropriately slow and deliberate um, because we don't want to rush and get something done that we find out later is ill advised. It's better to take a reasonable amount of time to be reflective in our practice, to uh, really ga- in, engage in conversations about what we intend and whether our products that we're developing are matched to our intent, uh, and if there's a Deviation from our intent and the product that we develop—it's better to know that before we implement. And so the focus on uh, the 14th was uh, just uh, beginning that process of re-evaluation at the at the element at the uh, high school. Uh, not at all to suggest that any of the work that the teachers have been done is has uh, not been fantastic work. It has been, uh, but as we all agree together, the question now is just to make sure one final time. That the work that's been done is consistent with where we want to go, and it's just it's just uh, a part of uh, effective, reflective practice to do that. Uh, for the paraeducators, uh, the K to six paraeducators had an opportunity to spend the afternoon with uh, an individual uh, with whom we're doing work in our hey. district around uh, something called RTI or Response to Intervention. Uh, RTI is um, not just the Merrimack initiative, this is a state and really it's a national initiative uh, that um, works with uh, teachers to help them understand how to provide services to students that might prevent uh, a student from having to become uh, uh, identified as a a special education student. So one of those uh, uh, things, one of those protocols is, is RTI where we learn how to Um, develop in-class interventions that are part of the regular program and then uh, tiered uh, interventions after that. Um, Paraeducators, not just in Merrimack, but but elsewhere as well, obviously are integral to the work that we do, and it's very important that as our teachers become more familiar with RTI, uh, that our paras do as well, and so that they can be in support of teachers as they begin that work in our district. So that was a very helpful day. Uh, for the, our para educators at 7 through 12 our paras uh, had an opportunity to work with uh, someone who's done a lot of work with our teachers uh, for the last couple of years on behavior management um, paras is, as we all know are some of the first line people uh, when it comes to dealing with um, behaviors and it's very important that the paras understand uh, Uh, from a research perspective as well as from a practical uh, practitioner perspective, just how you go about um, engaging in troubling and and difficult behaviors in an effective way. and uh, Sometimes an effective way is counterintuitive. It wouldn't always be the way that you would think and so this person uh, really uh, causes our teachers and our staff to think very carefully about uh, what it takes to uh, deflate situation and to do so in such a way that it enhances the the educations because that's what we're about so try to uh, downplay the behavior so that we can get back to education And this is someone who's had great success in doing that and finally our nurses had an opportunity to meet uh... with a uh, person uh... who is a specialist in the field of uh... children's mental health and uh... this was a response um, in response to our nurses whom we had some discussion with about uh, areas of professional development that they would feel would benefit their practice. And one of the things that they've consistently talked about is the um, ways in which they could learn how to identify um, burgeoning mental health issues for students um, in some uh, res- uh, so that they can be in support of... Um, the classroom teacher and the parent were necessary uh, to advise um, and to identify. And so that was, uh, I think, a very useful opportunity for our nurses. And importantly, it was in response to something that the nurses, they themselves had said that they were hoping to um, have an opportunity to learn about. So uh, it was a half day, but I think you can tell that uh, there was uh, no uh, moss growing under anybody's feet on that day. And uh, the, the best part of it is that everything that happened on the 14th of January has implications for our uh, March professional development day as well. So uh, one leads to the other. So in a sense, the job of planning for March is more than halfway done. Uh, so in any event, that was, uh, that was January 14th. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Mark. Questions or comments from the board? Roy?
6: i'm a data and quality improvement geek so i love this stuff uh i i really like um hearing not only are we kind of staying the course for our plan but also the way that we are approaching it the the school board has had for much longer than i've been on it this focus on uh, using data to make decisions for one um, also on the logic model and doing things like self-assessment and uh, measuring in, including measuring things that you might think are more qualitative than quantitative such as student engagement. I mean, that's a kind of thing where it's not really obvious how you measure success on that. So clearly it does take time, thought, energy, and research to, to come up with those answers of how are we doing in that instead of just getting a feel for it. So using that to improve uh, on a continuous improvement basis, it's at the heart of pretty much any quality system I know of from ISO 9000 to Six Sigma to various others used in industry. So I'm really happy to hear that not only are we staying focused on the, the sort of single source of truth and logic model, but also the approach we're taking, because I think it's very important to be consistent that way and not be chasing the flavor of the month or the latest fad that's out there in business literature what have you so I'm really happy to hear how it's going
0: any other questions or comments as Roy stated I well I'm too very pleased to hear when we talk about making data-driven decisions that is something that this board has been about for many years and in support of the logic model and when we speak about the logic model that is the document that drives basically um, the school districts short-term goals long-term objectives regarding education pertaining to technology literacy numeracy and school climate and data-driven decisions um, supports that it's uh, rewarding to hear that the groundwork laid at the elementary school the very important standards based work because I really believe that standards-based work and competencies are going to bring us into the next um, generation of education and I it's good to know that the groundwork laid at the elementary levels even though it might seem like it's taken a really really long time it's here it's at the middle school now and it might have taken some time but Marge does say stay the course that is that is something we hear her say often and and that's another another thing objective that our logic model has allowed us to do is not to jump around and to continually focus on the same goals and not to stray off get caught you know putting out the new fire the new fad but um, the work at the high school so it just seems like it's we're really really getting consistent as Roy said all the way up from K through 12 and that's that's um, really great to hear how many years we've been looking at this and I, I see great progress being made I also would like to thank our um, staff, our all of our staff, our teachers, our administrators, our paraprofessionals, our nursing staff, because I think we're very fortunate here in Merrimack when um, we talk about other school districts, comparing other school districts with the assessment that the high school just went through recently. It's very obvious to me when I talk to people from other um, school districts in the state that Merrimack is a special place, and it's very fortunate that our staff, our teachers, our administration, our paraprofessionals, They all participate and they all work very, very hard to help our district reach their goals. And we could not make the progress and do the fine work that has been done um, the several years if we did not have our staff basically participating and and really um, steering the boat, so to speak. So thank you um, to all of to all of our staff for helping make these professional development days so meaningful and valuable and Marge I don't expect you to answer anything tonight but we have talked a lot about these half days and in all fairness we just had one year of them so far and we missed one had to give it up because of a school uh, snow day last year so I'm still very interested in hearing um, how administrators and staff view the half days if there's any feedback at all from parents regarding the half days I've heard nothing um, from parents as a school board member because we are going to start talking about next year's calendar next month so any feedback while realizing that we still don't have an awful lot of them under our belt to compare things to but I think the board would be interested in hearing any type of um, comments anyone has when we're working on next year's calendar any other comments or questions seeing none we will move on to item number seven second review of updated and new policies Marge
1: Um, I'm going to tell you in this second review my intention is to go through um, the changes or questions that were raised by um, all of you And give you a reply first I want you to know that this was one policy that we wanted uh, principals and nurses to confer about there were some questions that were raised so I'm pleased to tell you that the six principals and the respective nurses have weighed in so I'm on page one and in paragraph two obviously we had an edit we needed to um, capitalize self at the beginning of a sentence and then under responsibilities in paragraph two Chris raised a question um, about where um, medications were kept that the safe storage they're in specifically are these medications in locked cabinets or the refrigerator Um, in each of the six buildings the meds are stored in a locked cabinet They are not placed in the refrigerator because believe it or not we have um, ice packs that are frequently being used so the refrigerator is open now and again and therefore um, the nurses feel that the lock cabinet is the place for them. If for some reason they go out of um, the nurse's office for a period of time, then that door door is locked as well. So in this particular area, we can keep it to say in lock cabinets Or refrigerator because it shows the option but right now it is in lock cabinets for us so I I kind of think it would be good to keep the broader um, viewpoint if you would think the same then in the next paragraph um, Chris raised a question about classroom teachers and when would they store um, medications because if you've kind of just said the nurse really is the one responsible what would be the reason for a classroom teacher to have a med and it really comes down to field trips sometimes the the um, nurse is not going on the field trip so the classroom teacher is charged with it and um, that is all worked out And there has not been a problem but that's the predominant reason under the guidelines section number two um, you'll remember that Roy (coughs) offered a change um, and the second sentence now says, the first dose of a new medication or any change in dosage of an existing medication should be administered at home to determine if there are any adverse side effects. So by opening up that phrase, then if you've got a change in dosage, it makes sense. Everyone thought that was a, um, a good idea. On page two of three, uh, again, another edit under B, we had left out a very important Important word and that was nurse um, so it now says for all medications a written authorization from the parent guardian requesting that the school nurse assist the student in taking the medication likewise under number four um, we had a term that needed to be changed it needed to be um, stated designated so it now reads if a student must take a medication during any school sponsored event where the school nurse will not be present, an administrator, teacher, or other responsible adult shall be designated to administer the medication in <clears throat> accordance with this policy. If you go down under the self administration section, um, Chris raised um, a, a query um, around a phrase that said, or other injectable medications necessary. And what this paragraph is talking about are really two devices. One, the epinephrine um, auto injector known as EpiPen, or a metered dose inhaler or dry powder inhaler. But this notion of what is other injectable medications necessary, and what we found out in discussion is really it is the EpiPen. That is the only um, really um, injection that a student um, takes care of him or herself, Um, if there is any other kind of injection to be offered up, um, then in fact it's the nurse who is involved. And we did spend some time talking in terms of insulin. We have um, students who administer like an insulin pump, but that doesn't have anything to do with allergies. And this focus is really on allergies. Um, so we just felt let's just take it out so it was a good find because we're really trying to talk here about EpiPens then if you go down under number two um, we had um, uh, Shannon raising a question um, about should a parent or guardian be contacted if a student is going to be making an injection Uh, especially if one were to use one more than what you're planning on you know that the child needs to go back and and um, do an injection and um, again um, in talking to the nurses and the principals the thought was let's just state what we're doing now so we have a new sentence added the parent guardian will be contacted by the school nurse Or other supervising adult because sometimes the nurse is busy tending to the needs of many so it would be um, the nurse who would delegate that off to an administrator or whomever so the supervising adult yes
0: Marge can I ask a question about that Uh, the EpiPen in my opinion um, is another matter entirely besides the inhaler Um, asthmatics and having some in my family who depend on inhalers occasionally um it would seem to me especially at the high school level i'm just wondering um if a high school level child required an inhaler which it's it's not it's not the same situation in my opinion as requiring an EpiPen. um it could be brought on by exertion in gym class or an after school sport Mm -hmm. um especially at the high school even my middle schooler is is charged with using the inhaler whenever need be and a phone call to me has not been required
1: so I'm wondering this the contact is for the EpiPen it is and not the inhaler Uh uh-huh yep so you can see that the first paragraph really talks in terms so this
0: paragraph talks specifically about the epipen. mm -hmm. okay that to Mm -hmm. me that's fine and i think that's that's where shannon was going
1: with it that if a student and at that point we of course had injections for other things so we've taken that out because really the only the only one and this this whole section has to do with self-administration and the statutes have changed over the years in the fact that now a student can do an EpiPen on his or her own, or can use an inhaler. There was a time when that wasn't possible. And I think maybe because we have so many asthmatics, especially, then children became good advocates for themselves and knew how to do it, that the thought was they should have the opportunity to do that. But here, I think, and Shannon can speak for herself, but I believe the thought was, if an injection was being made by a student, it was very important for the parent to have knowledge of it. And so the thought was, let's just put that down. Okay, that's but no, and, and To inhaler, me, the, I mean, or, no. to me that uh-huh.
0: seems reasonable. I just didn't want to burden uh-huh. administration with um, anything that I didn't. No, I, I appreciate really you raising okay. it up. Mark was
2: correct. Um, the thing about the EpiPen, because I'm actually we're not asthmatics, we're EpiPen people at my house, though. We're the flip side of the coin, and even after administering epinephrine, you may still have lingering effects from an allergic reaction. So it may not just fix it and you go back amongst your day. Really, when um, Rick was told he had to use an EpiPen, my husband need, is the one that needed it, he was told to take the EpiPen but then planned to see his doctor because it affected his breathing and it didn't happen in 3 to 6 seconds. It happened in 30 to 60 minutes. So therefore, if you just let the child self-administer go on his way, well, he could still have effects 30 62 hours later where if you're not keeping an eye on that and the parents aren't aware of that they wouldn't be looking for it
0: well that seems reasonable to me
1: thank mm-hmm. you and then I believe the last um, question or comment it would came again from Shannon and um, she expressed interest in knowing what the district-wide parent group would think about this particular policy now we the board is normally um, not an entity that takes its policies and sends them to another group Um, but in this particular case I think it was raised up because it it has or could have a parent appearance influence so what I need to tell you is in this case if you still that wish that to be done the district parent group is meeting four times a year it just so happens that its second meeting is scheduled for Monday January 31st so I would be able to take it to them, share it with them, have them respond with the idea that if um, you feel that this policy is ready for consent, I would have the chance to take it to them, hear what they have to say. If they agree with it and don't have modification, um, bring it back to you for consent on February 7th. But I would just have to say we have not, not done that in the past and all I worry about Is that if we were to do that as a matter of practice then we would be needing to just do it like on a quarterly basis as compared to any board meeting
0: personally it's not something that I think is necessary or a practice I want to get into Um, when we talk about the bullying policy too we have a special committee and group of people working on that one specifically but um, I, I I would rather not Um, Start that practice because like I said that I think we're going to be opening up a whole other can of worms for all other kinds of policies I also know um, from having attended those meetings that when you only meet four times a year your agenda is very full And um, I don't want to add something else to the agenda Um, in my opinion. That's not necessary I'd be happy to entertain any other thoughts to the contrary Chris I I
3: would just make the observation uh, that and it was similar to the discussion we had in terms of the budget and um, getting uh, public input on some of the items that we were building uh, capital expenditures that we we're putting into the operating budget. Um, I, I think that um, you know there's ample opportunity at meetings such as this when the policies are being discussed and before they're voted on um, for interested folks to express an opinion write us a letter, something along those lines to, to give that input. So um, I agree. I think I, I, I would like to hear input. I, I agree with the sentiment. Um, I'm not sure if we should create a process, though, that has us sending policies to other bodies to, to, to get their input. I, I think this is the forum to get their input.
0: I concur. Any other? Marge?
1: Marge? I just say I I want to commend the board um, because I feel that every policy that has come before you you've taken it very seriously and you can see just on this one um, the enhancements that have been made by your query and uh, then to go back and either talk to the attorney talk to um, the principals or nurses and so this policy is much better and clearer than it was before it got to you and you'll see um, in the pupil safety and and violence prevention though you didn't see a lot of yellow in it you're going to hear me go back and forth because I have things to share with you um, also about the questions you raised so I really feel um, that you are um, great representatives of all parents and um, remember these are not static once you approve this It will go online for people to see and if someone took issue with something or we had a case or something that raises up the policy is not doing its job it's going to come back here and be modified so i would not want ever think that something stays in place forever it's only as good as the guidance it provides for us are you comfortable with that shannon
2: Uh, that's fine as I i think my biggest concern was how this would affect parents of special education children. When I said bring it to the parent teacher, or parent group, because they would have representation within that body as well to see how these kind of policies would affect their children. If you feel that there's enough dialogue back and forth with uh, Mrs. Publicover that this may not be appropriate, then I think that's totally fine that we uh, mm-hmm. keep it off the agenda.
0: Any other comment?
1: All so my March? intention would be then to to put this on consent for. Okay unless someone else
0: has a question or concern be sure to um, address it to Marge something comes up between now and our next meeting thank you Marge
1: The second one um, pupil safety and violence prevention this might be one where we have dialogue this time and then I bring it back on the seventh with yellow so you can see it Uh, and then we'll give it another go because this one obviously is much more uh, complex so my intention here is to go page by page raise up those of you who had a question And tell you what I have learned um, through my interaction with Barra Christina who um, was the attorney that really put this um, together so I'm on page one of ten in paragraph one two three four (coughs) the fourth paragraph down Jennifer and Jody both wanted to um, have a clarification about the term regular school volunteers so this is for the public it says this policy applies to pupils school district employees regular school volunteers and persons who have contact with pupils in connection with school classes etc well This particular wording actually comes from the statute itself. I mean, just put in the statute. But what Barrett felt is if we refer to our volunteers as school volunteers, that's what they're known as, whether they come on a weekly basis, monthly basis, occasional basis, or whatever, we're still responsible for any volunteer who is going to be um, participating or in the company of children for providing them with knowledge about this policy in training then he said just remove regular because school volunteers is what you call them Um, so sometimes when you come from statute over to policy you need to clarify the language because it doesn't help you so my recommendation would be that we would take away regular so now on, hang on a second
0: March Chris had a comment
3: before we move on so is what you're saying, I think the concern was that we have volunteers come in as chaperones for trips and, and occasional items. What, what you're suggesting is by removing regular and just saying school volunteers, those chaperones would not, we would not be required to train them and make them aware?
1: What I would say is, believe it or not, the term that is used for someone who goes on an overnight would be a designated volunteer. That that term is also used. But what I was getting at here, I, I said, you know, I'd have to tell you, Barrett, no one in our district really goes around saying regular school volunteers. We know there are volunteers that come on a weekly basis, they'll be there like every Wednesday or whatever. But then we have some that might come every other week or monthly or whatever the point is I'm sensing that because you just never know what they're going to see when they're going to see it or whatever we're really responsible for all and if you're most cases if you're training a volunteer you're training a parent so um, the answer was yes so in in the vernacular of, of the statutes There is what is known as a regular school volunteer and a designated volunteer. And a designated volunteer would be one earmarked for the purpose of going on an overnight. And it would be those persons who would go through a criminal record check and that kind of thing. We haven't, I haven't brought to you yet a policy whereby um, we would be asking all volunteers to go through that process. But I will tell you that is on the horizon okay See, and Chris it
0: it was my understanding that this policy was intending for us to train all volunteers and regular is a vocabulary word that we don't use here in the district right. and in my opinion it was confusing and possibly misleading for People to think that only people that came in like every week or every day, um, and from what yeah. I understand of the statute and the, the new law, it's that's not the intention. So, since this is regular versus designated vocabulary that we technically don't use, right. as long as Barrett Christina says it's okay, I'm I would prefer removing it to avoid any yeah, confusion. Yeah, I'm
3: not arguing at all with with the removal of the word regular. I think school volunteers clarifies it. Um, I think what it points out, though, is is the scope of the mandate, oh, right? Yes. That we now have is, is that much greater, right? Every every person it's, that walks it's, it's in that school to help to needs to be trained. consider what our responsibility
1: is going to be as a result.
3: Yep. Okay. Thank you for the clarification. Thank you,
1: Chris. I'm now on page 2 of 10. I'm under Roman number 2, bullying or cyberbullying of a pupil prohibited. And this was, um, I believe, uh, Chris raising up a question. It might have occurred in another place. But he raised up a question about there doesn't seem to be anywhere in this policy that talks about prevention or intervention. It it talks about what it is. And it talks about um, discipline or whatever. But it doesn't um, speak. To it so what barrett um, christina recommended is at the end of this first paragraph so again for our public it would say the board is committed to providing all pupils a safe and secure school environment this policy is intended to comply with rsa 193-f conduct constituting bullying and or cyberbullying of a pupil will not be tolerated and is hereby prohibited. That we would add, all staff members are required to intervene when they witness bullying occurring on school grounds or at school-sponsored events. Um, and he felt um, that with the training that they would receive and so on, that that really would cover the base. I mean, it says you're you're responsible for doing this, and there is. If you will kind of a intervention to it and I think that that's what you were getting to is that accurate Chris did I yes Uh uh-huh so again you'll see in your next copy it will be in yellow but I wanted to go through this with you because you had raised up so many um, points on page 3 of 10 I'm looking under the reprisal or retaliation section Um, Chris raised a point about um, criminal offenses not being included, or in other words, there are some times when the bullying is such that it's it, it goes beyond and you would need um, police involvement. And what I had said back to you is I thought that when you saw a document called Memo of Understanding that you would see uh, the juxtaposition of it or you should put the two in juxtaposition. And in our a prior packet, I passed out. A draft of the memo of understanding that's going to be forthcoming and i think i you you saw the memo i wrote to you this time is it wasn't quite ready for prime time i i put it such so that you could see it but it really needed to be reviewed by the town's legal counsel so i've taken it out of the packet but i'm hoping by looking at that draft because a lot of it is not going to change that you would see then that that really serves as a guidepost for how we're to operate and when we involve the police and what the different kinds of assault are and when it rises to a potential criminal offense and we would have the police involved. But you will not find a reference to criminal anywhere in the document. And I specifically asked Barrett, is it somewhere and I just can't see it or whatever. And he immediately said, um, the memo of understanding is what you're seeking. And I said, yes, that is true. We're, we're going to be about doing that. So I'm hopeful that that will answer that question, that they're tandem documents. When I go to page 4, I'm, I'm under a Roman numeral 6, distribution and notice of this policy. And um, I believe it was um, Roy who um, talked in terms of if, if it's too strong a term somewhat of a concern that um, the superintendent's role is to ensure that all school employees and volunteers receive um, annual training and it would occur to me that right now I kind of like to put school volunteers in there as we're going along because then that would be um, to the point Shannon was raising about consistency so I'm tucking that in here um, and the answer is yes uh, is arduous as it sounds, one is responsible to try to the best of your ability to to make sure that all are trained. And it is the reason why we're going to have multiple methods for this. We're going to need to have speakers on campus. We're going to need to have online efforts so that people could be doing this perhaps at home. We're going to have to have DVDs. We're going to have to have just an array of materials. I am, and I said this to Barrett, I am concerned uh, not so much about the first time of doing it because it's a new policy, new material. I'm worried about year 3, year 5, year 7, year 10 because what's going to happen is, I mean, you're, you're just going to have to have a breadth and depth of material, else people are going to say, well, I've already done that. I've already heard him or her. I've already seen it. And this is an annual occurrence. So I think that's something we've really got to give thought to. And what he was saying is, remember, everyone's in the same place. All, all school systems are going to be in the same place. We're all going to have to work through this. But um, rightly so to raise it. Um, and then at the bottom, uh, Roy was just talking um, under the section entitled parents about fixing the structure. You remember the way we had the structure wasn't quite, quite right. We needed to, after the column, list a series of four bulleted statements. And so we've taken care of that. And then um, I'm, I'm now on page 5 of 10. Under Roman numeral 7, procedure for reporting bullying, Roy pointed out that if you looked under student reporting number 2 and then you went on the the next page and you looked at um, staff reporting, Um, they seem to have, number three, both of those seem to be exactly the same wording. And why was it necessary to have it said twice? And why was any reference to school employee or volunteer, why would that be under student reporting? Well, that was um, a very good find on Roy's part because it shouldn't be appearing under student reporting. Barrett thanks us for this because we're now correcting a model document for many. Uh, so if you'll just remove number two under student reporting and renumber, uh, um, here you are every now You're and again. you not going to be able to get his head out the I door know much. Well, every now Go and ahead. again it happens and so so I figure we we do something for them they do something I didn't
3: think it was that great of a fine oh there you
1: go (laughs) all right Um, and then under um, number number two under parent reporting I'm now at the top of page um, six Um, we've added uh, we've made volunteer plural and also, um, this was one that referenced young students and staff members providing direct assistance to the student. And here was a question where Chris was asking, um, is this um, giving them direct assistance in reporting or in witnessing? What, what is this? And it really is that the staff can help the student with um, reporting. Um, that's exactly what it's to be. Uh, nothing, nothing more than that. Under the um, Roman numeral 10, the waiver of notification requirement, um, Shannon was interested in just knowing more information about this particular waiver. This, this waiver um, allows the superintendent to um, perhaps make a modification about whether um, a parent um, is going to be contacted at the time or not. It might be that the principal tells the superintendent that this is a case um, that's um, had some background to it. It might be um, that the parent is abusive. We know it to be true and therefore if in fact um, they uh, learned more about the child being a a perpetrator or whatever, um, it could not be good for the student. or. If there was something about a student's sexual identity that came to the fore um, that perhaps was unknown at the time, it wouldn't be good necessarily to get into notification um, at the time. One might need to work on that. So that um, this really comes down to the superintendent and how he or she operates. Um, It's definitely a part of the law. It's definitely necessary. And what Barrett reminded me of is of past cases that he's been a part of. And so um, I hope that that information just kind of broadens your knowledge. But every case is different, and it just provides a bit of latitude.
0: It just seems to me, Marge, it's an option to protect the student. Is what it, it is. is. Exactly,
1: so. um, it. Uh huh. And you have to still get to it, but you might get to it in a different way, and that waiver helps you. Um, Chris raised, and again, I'm raising it at the top of page seven because I couldn't really figure out where I wanted to put it. But it was more an overall statement about: you definitely know if someone is um, physically harmed, if damage, if property has been damaged, if. Um, Um, the school has been disruptive but it's very hard to define what I'll call emotional bullying and um, Barrett agreed with that he said bullying is in the eye of the perceived victim and therefore it's very important for the adults that are operating with a student to hear what he or she is saying and and try to ascertain if it's bullying or not bullying Um, but um, you're absolutely right um, and so it's one of those things that he feels that over time there is going to be a body of knowledge that's amassed through all the work that administrators do because this is going to really um, take um, a lot of time there are going to be a lot of cases and there are going to be investigations and it's going to be off of this that we learn a lot and um, and that's really what he was saying on uh, number four on this page um, Shannon raised up uh, around this particular statement, and then I'll come back and address it. Um, A maximum of 10 school days shall be the limit for the initial filing of incidents and completion of the investigative procedural steps. And um, what Barrett said is this is one that he felt should be um, (coughs) fixed and that we should take out the phrase, initial filing of incidents and, because what, he's, what he was trying to do, and he said he didn't think he had done it well, was not to have a student hampered from being able to report an incident. In other words, I believe Shannon raised the term, statue of limitations. This almost appears like there's a statue of limitations. And what Barrett said is, you know, it might be in the beginning that the student doesn't report it for a variety of reasons kind of holds off tries other methods their parents are saying you know just move away from the situation or try all these other methods and finally it comes down to the fact that no it has occurred over time it truly is a case of bullying so if that initial filing was in there that would preclude that from happening so you're raising that up was another very good point because what this does is help kids to report it any time there is no statute
0: so Marge can I just ask then Mm -hmm. so it's so So it was his understanding that it should read a maximum of ten school days shall shall be be the the limit for the completion completion of the investigative procedural steps that's Uh terrific thank you I'm I'm much happier with that as well
1: and then uh, Shannon talked in terms of for all the bulleted statements we needed to make sure we've got proper spacing there Chris raised up um, a word that was missing. Uh, This is the line whether the alleged victim felt or perceived an imbalance of power, of needed to be put in there as a result of the reported incident. Down below, number six, here is the statement that was in question. Chris raised this. In the event, such extension is granted. The principal shall notify in writing all parties involved of the granting of the extension." And Chris's question is, should not parties be spelled out to know who are parties? Again, um, Barrett-Christina, the attorney, said he felt that if we put all parents. That really is is the response needed because it speaks to the parents of the victim as well as the perpetrator and that's really who you are needing to address so that parents is a better um, a better term um, Shannon asked under number eight um, why expulsion wasn't named uh, as a um, possible discipline um, notice the sentence says students who are found to have violated this policy may face discipline in accordance with other applicable board policies up to and including suspension. Why wouldn't expulsion be listed? And Barrett said, again, it was a very good read on your part. Because if you go back under, uh, look at Roman numeral three, um, on the bottom of page two of 10, you see it says there, up to and including suspension or expulsion so for parallel paralleling it should say it so just include at the where that um, period is or expulsion on number eight of ten again back to um, preventative measures Um, For you, Chris, um, this is as close as it gets. I did find the term actual preventative educational measures, so it says, in support of this policy, the board promotes preventative educational measures to create greater awareness of aggressive behavior, including bullying. What the statute specifically says is that the policy doesn't have to include that it would be in curriculum, Or that any materials have to be used that is up to the local district to determine how it shall be done but here is the one place that it mentions um, preventative educational measures on page 9 of 10 since the time of this document being rendered which was when we went off in the fall under appeal Um, believe it or not New Hampshire uh, School Boards Association has been um, told to remove the first section under under Roman numeral 15 appeal and the reason for that is this that students in this particular section uh, or under pupil safety and violence prevention should not have more rights to appeal than they do uh, for um, other infractions now meaning a principal can give up to a 10-day suspension, and when that happens, if a parent um, does not feel appropriate, then it will come to me, and I am able to overturn it or whatever. Um, there is nothing um, in those rights that ter- talk in terms of a discipline being overturned by a board. so. Um, we need to keep it so it's parallel to what we have now. So in other words, you would remove um, number one and re-number two and three to be one and two. The last piece has to do with Roman numeral 17 and 18. Do you remember it was Roy who raised up, could we not fuse together the capture of audio recordings on school buses and the use of video or audio recordings in student discipline matters because they kind of sound the same. Here, we need to keep each one of these separate. Um, RSA 570-A colon 2 specifically talks about audio recordings on a school bus. And you remember I said that as we put this policy through, that in order to be able to do that in our future, we need to go through and have a formal public hearing just on doing audio recordings on school buses, that you really cannot do that until you've allowed the public, specifically the parents, to know that you're going to do that. And in addition, we'd want to make sure that our bus company would be able to do it for us, that if we're gonna go through this, I wanna make sure that we have audio recordings on every bus. But the reason that I think we should be in pursuit of this as we go forward is that if we are responsible for helping to discern whether a bullying incident has happened or not, some of the bullying cases or incidents clearly happen on the bus, and if you can hear the terms that are being used and they are disparaging, then in fact that would help you on a case, but you can't be about doing that until you've heard from the parents and then you have notified the students properly that in fact there is an audio recording on the bus so that it does not appear as entrapment or, or whatever. So he felt strongly that because that statute is re- referenced in this particular place it needs to stay separate and likewise Roman numeral 18 talks about student discipline matters and what can be um, utilized in a case and kept for reference. And so it's literally segmenting the statute that has to do with the recording on the bus vis-a-vis going through a student discipline case. And so he felt strongly that they should be kept. So I'm hopeful that I didn't miss anything that you raised up, as you went along and I tried to go in progression. If you saw something that I missed, I would ask you to reference it. If you don't see anything, um, after I answer any question you have, what I would hope is in the next um, packet, I I would give you everything now in the yellow form, but I felt strongly that this one is so complex that I wanted to go through, I wanted to work through it without going through the highlighting or whatever
0: thank you March I just wanted to ask Jackie if she had anything to offer up by way of questions or comments from a student's perspective because this is something that I imagine is going to have a great deal of effect especially at the high school did you have anything you wanted to add Jackie well uh, bullying it's definitely an issue, but I haven't really noticed it at the high school, but I know it's there. It's just like,
6: it's. I think it's like a lower key type of thing. People don't really speak up as much in high school
4: as they did in middle school and um, elementary school, because in elementary school, I think it affects them a little bit more. And as you go to high school, you think you can take care of it, but it just it
0: hurts and people kind of back away. So I think what we need to do is like maybe have a thing where people need to like just speak up. Just encourage people to speak up at the high school, especially. That's really all. Um, do you have an opportunity, a forum, when you go back to student council and share what you've learned at school board meetings? Do you think there's going to be an opportunity or a forum to you to, for you to share the work that we're doing on this policy with the student body? Do you think, um, and if not, maybe that might be something that you want to talk to Principal Johnson about, affording you the opportunity to do that? Yeah, I can bring it up at my next meeting, like okay. next week or something. Great, definitely. Thank you, Jackie. No problem. Um, I found it helpful Marge to go through the way that you did because I still wanted to see the current language as it was written Um, and I'm tallied I think Shannon has more um, good finds than Roy here tonight so but who's keeping score. Um, I, I'm very proud of the work that the school board does I really am and, and, and the work that we do on policies I, I would have to agree wholeheartedly with Marge that I think we do take it very seriously and we've got attorneys looking and rereading so um, I, I, I think we should all um, be proud of the work that we do so any other questions or comments Roy then Chris
6: yeah um, one area I, th- I know we had a concern about and I don't know if you had a discussion with the attorney about it's uh, page two of ten section two item two There's lots of twos there the the whole notion of things that occur off of school property or outside of school sponsored activities or events and then if the conduct interferes with a pupil's educational opportunities um, i believe that was one that we talked about being kind of ill-defined and to what extent the district really has any sort of jurisdiction or say over stuff that happens completely outside the district that's really kind of nebulous i mean if you know if two kids run into each other at the local convenience store and one of them you know bullies the other and one thinks that this interferes with their educational opportunities what are we to do about it that kind of thing
1: i'm i'm You know, I'm happy to go back and um, discuss it with Barrett, but I'm going to tell you that we have more responsibility than not. So now um, if something happens on a weekend, for example, on (coughs) Facebook or whatever, and it all took place over here, but when Monday comes, it comes into the school, it disrupts. The student can't go on with his or her education because they're so upset by what went on it becomes our issue and that's that's one of the things that I think is very concerning to administration because it's hard enough to handle what you've got on on your grounds and so on Um, but the fact of the matter is um, I think you hear me say that we are responsible but again this is going to be one of those where i think it is going to play itself out over time and we're going Mm -hmm. to see what does it really mean and are we um, being effective about this i mean what is it that we can bring to bear you know so there's going to be some um, case evidence if you will that i think will better inform us Um, but i will i will ask him to read on this and i I don't think i had that the first go if you said it, there
6: is case law for example i recall one about a student holding a sign across the street from a school event that was not on school property and then being disciplined by the school i believe it occurred in alaska a couple of years ago um and in that case the courts did rule that the the school did have the authority at least to do that it wasn't a case of responsibility there my concern here is this statute seems to be attributing not just the authority but the responsibility to do something about events that occur outside school time and geography so that's i i think you're right it will get hashed out over time
1: that's why it's going to be so important for us to um, work with students as jackie points out so that they clearly know um what the definitions are and what we can and cannot do as well as the parents I mean we really are going to need parent help there, there's just no way that the staff and the administration can hand, handle all this alone we, we've got to be together in this um, especially when it's occurring on the weekend and it comes in um, to school on Monday you know you, you've got to have the parents help you for what went on it may un- end up here we may investigate it and meet it out but um, we, we, we've got to be unified that's what I'm hoping for in our future
0: I, I'm all for um, pushing to get clarifying language I think the more that we can get clarified um, the, the better it serves our interests and but I think I think probably the issue that they're trying to address now and it used to be like there would be things happen at school dances and then there would be fights in the cafeteria on Monday as a result of something that happened as school dance um, so that type of thing was prevalent but I really believe um, wholeheartedly that this is addressing what's going on online these days because that that to me is is probably one of the biggest um, huge huge growing problem that we have now is um, text bullying online bullying all of that and that feeds into the school day in ways that um, I think some people might not really have an idea of how prevalent it is and how much it affects what goes on in school it affects um the child's ability to get an education it's it's I think it's hugely pervasive and in my opinion that is probably what this is trying to address but again the more specific language we can get I'm 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 definitely in favor of that Jen Um, I just had two thoughts on that because I think that if
4: something does happen off school grounds and both of the children are both students in the same school eventually it will come into the school anyways um, as soon as they see each other Um, my other thought is what if one of the students one of the children is not a student and the the child that is getting bullied brings that in and it's affecting their educational opportunities while they're in school but the bully is not a student in the school where at what point does a school have to back off on a situation
0: like that it's a really good question any other questions or comments Chris
3: yeah I'll just make the comment that um as you pointed out I was very uncomfortable with some of the the less objective and more subjective uh, components of this and you, you, you said something in your explanation tonight that that struck a uh, a chord which was the you know the bullying's in the the eye of the the beholder right that the person who, who's um, had the bullying done to them and um, and the fact that that this will evolve over time I, I can imagine you know, sitting here probably 30 years ago, discussing a sexual harassment policy, right? We would have had all of the same concerns, all of the same issues, and yet today, I think we know what it is. It's very clear what it is, right? Even and and that's a policy based upon um, uh, again a perception of the person um, who's who's being harassed, right? And so, um, you know, I I think this is one of those policies that that. Uh, will probably need to review more frequently than some of the other policies because it is going to evolve. It's probably going to evolve quickly. And I, and I do think we have to walk that balance between, you know, we should be as precise as possible in policy, but it's very hard to be precise now. And so it's important to get, get the policy in place Make sure that that we've got a mechanism in order to to deal with the issue uh but but make sure that we're not opening ourselves up to to any other issues right um the fact that this was on that list of new hampshire school board association resolutions right shows that there there are concerns from other other uh, districts about the the language in, in in the rsas but i think it's um i feel better having had you go back get that explanation and and it makes a whole lot more sense now thank you
0: thank you Chris any other comments or questions seeing none we're all set for now Marge thank you very much next item on our agenda number eight other correspondence Um, I know that the entire board has been in receipt of at least two emails I'm not sure if there have been others that have gone to individual board members with um, people requesting that the school board when we visit the calendar for the next school calendar year that we please consider not having February vacation the same week as Massachusetts so um, I don't know if anyone else has received any other correspondence and then I also wanted to speak to um, I received another email from George markwell um, who used to sit on the school board and is now a current school um, budget committee member and he had indicated to me that he felt that um, his previous comments in an email that i misrepresented his point and he um, i offered to clarify more accurately for him and he said that he would appreciate it if i did that when he wrote to us um, it was his intent to let the school board know that he did not support putting any money aside for a um, capital reserve fund for a combined sped SAU office for the construction he does not support setting any money aside from that however it was his desire if we were going to set money aside that we put it on a warrant for the voters to decide Um, that was his his um, desire he didn't think that I made it very clear that he didn't support it at all but my point was if we were going to set money aside the school district has to put it on a warrant And it has to go before the voters Um, we don't have the same ability as the town council to put money um, aside for savings for future years without voter approval so that was my whole point was his concern um, while duly noted didn't it wasn't a problem because that is um, procedure that the school board by state law has to um, accommodate so any other correspondence to come before the board any Chris
3: um, we were also in receipt of an invitation from Rosemary Rung uh, of the Merrimack uh, Parents Action League uh, that's having a meeting on Wednesday, March 2nd, 7 to 9 in the Town Hall uh, meeting room uh, where Chief Milligan is going to talk about underage uh, alcohol and substance abuse in town.
0: Thank you, Chris. Yes. Any other correspondence? Any comments from the board tonight? March?
1: I just need to um, make a comment about grade reporting um, this last week um, we had some difficulty with power school and you know now how our educators are so reliant on Powerschool for grading so what we've determined is that report cards will go home for students in grades kindergarten through four on February 4th which would be two weeks from um, the closing of, of the quarter and then for students in grades five through twelve they will come home on February 11th because in grades 5 through 12 those teachers are heavily reliant on power school and we just want them to have the time um, to be able to do the grading see nothing of the fact that we're um, still doing examinations um, at the high school tomorrow should hopefully be our last day and Mark um, will be sending out um, a letter uh, to our parents but I just felt where um, we were all convened tonight that would be an important thing to share
0: Thank You Marge any other comments Chris
1: um, I, I know that this will
3: probably happen anyway but um, related to Ms. merchants uh, public participation earlier on the two issues as she follows up with administration since uh, a parent has come to, to raise the issues I'm sure um, when when you Uh, discuss with her the the background related to both of those items if you could just share that as well with the board I am guessing that um, one parents uh, speaking out is the tip of of an iceberg of other parents who probably have similar concerns who did not come to speak out and it would probably be helpful to us all to hear what what was shared with Miss Merchant
0: thank you Chris any other comments Seeing none, number nine, new business. Is there any new business to come before the board this evening? Seeing none, ten committee reports. Shannon,
2: I have four, uh, so bear with me. I do, I'm winning all the good contests tonight. Um, but we'll start in sequential order of the events. Uh, on the 11th, the perk Mint. Committee met, which is the Program Evaluation Review Committee. And the crux of our meeting was to vote on posters developed by uh, students in our art department regarding rigor, which I am going to punt to you to spell out rigor for us tonight. But um, before I do that, I wanted to give kudos to all of the art students and all their individual takes on how to uh, develop artwork that each classroom would use to. Keep their eye on the prize, which Rigger technically does by design. And it went from very uh, unique and and uh, you had to use mirrors to see it, to um, very clean and spelled out. And also, I felt that the art department thought of the entire audience. So um, the posters will be going in K through 12. So they looked at a poster that would look great in an elementary school classroom. There were other posters that would have a more streamlined look and look um, very nice in a middle to high school environment. So there's a lot presented and, you know, I think that shows great talent in our students that we have in the art classes in our district, um, that they came up with such different and unique perspectives on how to uh, communicate this vision. And I thank each and every student who uh, did present an idea. And again, I will, if you would not mind, Mark, I'm punting to you to spell out rigor for the audience.
5: I, I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm not able to recall from my memory the acrostic. So, uh, <laughs> but what what I can say is that the rigor statement speaks to our district's position on 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 that important topic of what it what it means to um, provide a rigorous education for students from the teacher's perspective and what it means for students to. Be engaged in rigorous learning, and that's developed in an acrostic. I'm embarrassed to tell you, I cannot think of the individual R I G O R. I put you on the spot. Um, sorry, <laughs> but I will certainly at our next meeting uh, provide that um, to the public if that's what you'd like me to do. Every
2: every meeting, I try to bring it, and every meeting, I'm running out the door, so I forget. There so you go. <laughs> I'm going to actually probably just imprint it on my brain. Um, so thank you, Mark, for for that. Uh, the 13th was a Greater Woods subcommittee meeting. Uh, we met regarding um, reviewing the plan to date, where we're at, what needs, uh, what should stay the same, what should change. Um, at this point, we're not changing anything on the work that was done to date, including trail plans. However, we have set a uh, goal, which is in pencil, not ink, that by our March meeting, we hope to have the document ready to present to the Merrimack Conservation Commission, and from there um, it would go to the Town Council. So probably not till at least April. And that's saying that the March meeting um, does bring us to that conclusion for the plan that, we've, that we're that we hoping for. The 15th, which was a Saturday, and uh, that was the New Hampshire School Board's Association meeting, started at 9 o'clock sharp, went till about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And a lot was covered. I will go on like a broad brush stroke instead of the fine detail of the day. But uh, bullying laws were discussed, of course, at length. Uh, before even having the um, administrative session where we voted on on topics, um, we really went over what it meant for us, you know, what bullying laws, the impacts and those kind of things. They invited in external um, attorneys for different uh, subject matters and one came in to talk about how billing laws will affect us as school districts as we have to defend them someday. Uh, Evergreen laws came up. Those were actually Kathy Peel, who is uh, friendly to us. Um, we're very lucky to have worked with her in the past as well. She discussed her experiences that she's having now with Evergreen law, um, cases with school districts she's representing, plus she's also on her local school district, so she also takes our seat in into account when she's a... Uh, presenting so she had a lot of good information on that and um, also the retirement plan was discussed at length and you know what where we're at you know in relation to the supply and demand of of retirement funds Uh, the state senate president spoke who happens to be the chair of the milford school district so he was um, also very good to speak from both the perspective of a school board member Uh, School Board Chair, and also as the State Senate President, some of the things that may be coming up regarding evergreen laws and retirement um, laws in this new session with uh, new majority parties. So we will see more from Concord on that, I'm sure. Um, I think the one area where we didn't have conclusion when we did come up to voting was regarding uh, surplus. And there was a lot of discussion about surpl- retaining surplus. Uh, the body voted to uh, support the article to retain surplus. And, um, the, of course, there was a lot of rigorous debate. But something that uh, the London Dairy School District shared with us was that their bond rate was affected by the fact they couldn't retain surplus. So um, it has, I guess broader effects than we even discussed in our meetings Matt's shaking his head and well
7: if I can comment of course you can I've said a few times that you know to have an appropriate surplus for the budget that you have affects your bond rating so it's nice to hear that not having the opportunity to retain it and to add to it and to have an appropriate percentage year to year affects
2: your bond rating from another source is very nice to hear it's awesome good for you londonderry and actually aren't they considered more of a sister district to us as far as size and scope so really it's truly in context with the with the uh community that we serve and to wrap it up on the 19th <laughs> we had a park. if were there any questions by the way up to date we're good okay because um, that last one was once a year so you only get to ask tonight and then you're done so um, the 19th is Parks and Rec. They meet monthly, so you can ask me again next month. But um, the question we had were um, in our last meeting in December was uh, regarding the tennis courts at the end of O'Gara Drive. Um, Matt was nice enough to provide me with the agreement that's in force until 2018 between the school district and the town of Merrimack. Based on that document, um, the Parks and Rec Department was looking to have those closed because the state of New Hampshire is involved because of some grant funding that came for that property um, to basically have them deemed inactive. I've asked that that be tabled until our board gets to meet with the town council so we can discuss the uh, the O'Gara Drive property in context with the bodies that agreed to it in the first place. So at this point we're looking um, and. Brian McCarthy is the town council representative for Parks and Rec. He will be asking his chairman, which currently is Tom Koenig, to put it on uh, the agenda being there the host, but I'm also um, sharing with you that I would be asking as well that we put that on our agenda based on the fact that it's it's mutually beneficial we discuss this. Um, at this point, we know the tennis courts have not been in use for a couple of years, and it's all about what's the appropriate maintenance for that property what you know what's being done what should be done what budgetary um, restrictions in this economy are affecting that and what is a long-term resolution that we should come to as as uh, a joint body to uh, make sure that we put the best foot forward at the end of Ogara Drive so those are my highlights uh, no questions.
3: I only have two so I've lost Um, my updates are the following Uh, on January 11th I attended a budget committee meeting as liaison where we uh, reviewed administration reviewed the budgets and the budget committee uh, liaison committee members um, went through their reports for uh, the food services the upper elementary the middle school and the maintenance budgets our next meeting is tomorrow night at the um, master cola elementary school APR uh... where we will be reviewing the library and media budget the special education um, all of the elementary schools the high school and district-wide budgets um, So that's tomorrow night uh... on the thirteenth of january I attended the the professional uh... development uh... committee meeting um, where one of the topics of conversation besides the standing business was coordination for the half-day professional development day that Mark uh, so eloquently recapped and also to um, just review the master plan um, as it related to the policy for making uh, travel reimbursements and credits and trying to get some clarity around uh, that process. And I believe that there was a healthcare cost containment meeting this month that I missed due to business uh, obligations. So I don't have uh, the update for that.
0: Any other committee reports? Seeing none, we'll move on to item 11, public comments on agenda items. Does anyone wish to come forward and speak to the school board and share their thoughts regarding any items on tonight's agenda? Seeing none. We will close public comments on agenda items. We will now sign the manifest and I will entertain a motion to adjourn made by Shannon, second by Jen. All those in favor? Passes five zero zero. 0 Thank you very much. Good evening.